This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We appreciate Mike D and Mitch Rosen for helping us put this together. It is BetQLU, the debut of BetQLU, breaking down college basketball on Saturday mornings with you for the next 30 minutes here on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. Thomas, where can they get your Twitter handle? Because I can never get it right. It's at the Tom Casale, C-A-S-A-L-E. All right. So we'll go over the entire card today, every single big game. And if you guys have any questions, if you have any questions in the chat, you could bring it up. Uh, Matty Boo comes in and says, Matty Boo's also a weird name, but we'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, bad Clemson offense and bad Duke defense. Yeah, it's, it's going to be disgusting. And we'll, we'll hit on that game. Uh, Thomas, really quick, thoughts on your wall? Because you told me two days ago it was pink, and that's what you were going with. And then all of a sudden I see your wall today, and it's like, uh, it looks gray to me, but it's it's like navy blue, according to you? Yes, it's, uh, well, here's the thing. We bought a new house, and uh, one of the rooms is pink, and that's where I'm doing the show from. So I hired someone to paint the, the walls for me, and they couldn't make it on Thursday because they got COVID. So as you know, I was upset about that. A little bit. So I, little bit. I, I, I actually had to paint the wall myself. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm all in on this podcast if I'm painting something. Because the only I don't mow my lawn. I don't blow. I don't <laughs> do the snow. I don't do anything. All right, this is what I do. I watch TV. So I painted the wall. I come legit on the first show. I'm wearing the Larry Johnson jersey. I got the Larry Johnson poster. You know, we want to reach a younger crowd, so I figure best way to do that is to promote a guy who played college basketball when right. most of our listeners weren't even alive. No, nothing current. Nothing two decades ago. Nothing a decade no, ago. No, no, no Zion for me. We going with the original Zion, Larry Johnson, baby. I was excited because I'm so I'm living at home. I, I moved back from Philadelphia for anybody that's wondering. I'm gonna I'll be moving to, into downtown Chicago in like let's say a couple months, a few months. And I thought I had my kids Purdue Etwan Moore jersey here. Apparently my mom threw it out. So that's where I'm at with my life. Thomas has kids, he's painting walls. I'm I think I think I'm broadcasting for my old sister my sister's old room. So two very different uh, uh paths in life that Thomas and I are both on right now. But, right, we're, uh, but, but, but we both finding a way to bet basketball, so let's get to it. Exactly. Let's break down the cards. So for everybody that's joining us, again, it's BetQLU on uh, at BetQL app on Twitter. And you could also check it out on BetQL on the Facebook page. Like it. Um, you could, again, follow myself on Twitter at Eli Herskovich, at the Thomas Casali on Twitter, man. So BetQLU, the debut of it, start, kicks off, tips off with probably the best game to talk about right now because it's our Crimson Tide. Alabama laying a point currently. Uh, a little bit of juice on Oklahoma, minus 112. Currently on Camby, I believe it's a, about the same price at other books. Total of 155. And money line is around the same as the uh, as the current spread, or at least the prices. You're getting, uh, if you want to bet Alabama money line, it's minus 115. If you want to take the Sooners on the money line, it's minus 105. So uh, I'll break down my perspective on the game here in a second. We're going to try to go quick on this. But Thomas, your thoughts on the game? 
Yeah, and I really can't wait to watch this game. You know, in the preseason, you liked Alabama, obviously. And uh, Oklahoma was a team I circled. That's a team with three scores I think can do some damage in the tournament. But I, if I had to pick the game, I'd probably pick Oklahoma today. I'm not going to bet it, and here's why. You're still getting a ton of value on Alabama. It, it depends the name on the jersey, right? Look at Duke right. is five was five over Clemson, and Alabama opened as an underdog to Oklahoma. So people aren't buying into Alabama yet. I think they should be about a three-point favorite in this game, personally, because I think they're the real deal. And something you're going to mention, it's not just the offense. The offense right. gets all the credit. They play defense. So one of the four or five best teams in the country, in my opinion. Alabama has the eighth lowest adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. And yes, you could drink. I have a Ken Palm reference in in the first five minutes of the show. The eighth lowest. And this is a team last year that was, I believe, like outside um, around top, like maybe just inside the top 100 in college basketball in adjusted defensive efficiency. Nate, Nate Oates is, you want to talk about like past college basketball coaches that like Chris Beard, for instance, is one of the best young college basketball coaches, maybe the best coach right now in college basketball, the way he can adjust in second halves. But Nate Oates is, is slowly but surely climbing his way into the ranks. And it starts with defense for this Alabama team. But speaking of defense, my issue with Oklahoma coming into this game, they have, they're allowing the 29th highest three-point scoring rate defensively in, in college basketball. So if Alabama's on from three and they were off against Kentucky, six to 20, it was bound to happen. They were shooting around 42% in conference play from three. If, if the Tide are hitting their threes, they, they win this game by double digits, just like the LSU game. And yeah. the, from the market perspective that you were hitting on uh, really quick, Alabama closed, I think, minus one against LSU. We haven't gotten that kind of price on Alabama in a couple of weeks. I mean, they were... They were laying eight against Mississippi State at home uh, two Saturdays ago. And then early, earlier this week, I think actually I think that was last week. And then earlier this week, they were laying what, like seven against Kentucky? They closed around minus seven. So this is a great price on an Alabama team that, again, is, is so low in the futures market. They're around 20 to one. And then to get them as a, a one-point favorite just because Oklahoma is playing good basketball and they beat Kansas last week and they beat Texas without Jericho Sims and Courtney Ramey, uh, you're getting really good value here on Alabama. Yeah, and Kansas stinks, so th that's not a big win. Uh, that's and, for sure. and the thing you said, I think, is the most important point with this game. We saw what happened with LSU, who we'll talk about shortly, where they can't defend the three-point line. Alabama's still making threes from that game. So if, if Oklahoma five threes. Yeah, Oklahoma threes. is going to leave those guys open all game, like you said, they're going to have to hope that Alabama just misses shots, and they typically don't. They're, they're a right. great shooting team. So I, I think this is a great game. Uh, like I said, if you force me to pick it, I'd probably lean Oklahoma, but I'm just going to sit back and watch it. You can take this one. I'm Noah Crazy, or I'm Noah Cozy coming in with a player prop. Uh, by the way, uh, RN Whitehead24 says, I'm not sure what game he's talking about. William Hill has it minus two, minus 145. If he's talking about Bama, go shop around because you can get a much better price on Alabama. Two players out for Oklahoma, according to CQ. Uh, 11. I'm not seeing anything on Twitter, uh, but we'll get that. We'll get that information as we move along here uh, with depending on who's out and who's in for Oklahoma. But it seems like the oh, we just got news actually uh, coming from the Oklahoma Twitter account. Austin Reeves and Alande Alandis Williams are out for the Sooners. Austin Reeves uh, is a hell of a lot more important than Williams yeah, is. That's, that's a, one of the best three point shooters in the country. Yeah. That's Alabama or nothing. That's uh, I mean, uh, when when you're capping Oklahoma, like I said, the three big school, Austin Reeves is a huge part of that. You know, you can't bet Oklahoma against one of the five best teams in the country without Austin Reeves. I don't care what the number goes to.
So Alabama just moved to from a one to a two point favorite without Reeves. I'm okay with I'm okay with laying the two. I'm okay with keeping this thing within a possession. If we're talking, if this thing gets up to three, which I don't know if it will because of just because of Reeves' status, uh, then that seems like a little bit much. But I'm okay. I'm comfortable with taking Alabama minus two to keep it within a possession uh, against uh, Oklahoma or to win by at least a possession against the Sooners. Yeah, the it's it's I'd, I'd take Alabama up to minus three without Reeves. No, no, no higher than that. All right, next game on the board, Thomas is Duke. Fuck Coach K. Got the swear out of the way. Uh, Duke laying five against Clemson at home, total of one thirty-five, and the Tigers are plus one eighty on the money line. Are, are you taking the Tigers in this game after what we saw from from Clemson against Louisville? Uh, just a disastrous offensive performance. Amir Sims carried them down the stretch with his with his point forward ability from that low post. Um, elbow spot. I'm not betting this game, but it, again, it'd be Clemson or nothing for me. Well, plus the points. Duke's still overvalued. I don't know what they're doing laying five. You know, I know the last in the game they covered, but they got lucky to cover. You know, against Georgia right. Tech, that was a that was an even game, and they they could. That's why you can't kind of just look at the scores. You have to get into these games a little bit. So I think that win makes them a little overvalued here. I'm not going to back Clemson just for what you said is their offense. It, when they can't shoot the ball, things get ugly. So, but there's still value betting against Duke and Kentucky. The their their names are carrying a point or two in the market, exactly. and they're just a flat out average basketball teams. Yeah, my biggest issue with Clemson, and we talk about we'll get into the regression. That's one of my favorite words, of course. Everybody that's watching the stream knows that Matthew Hurt might be due for some regression. He's shooting around 45 percent from three this year. And the way you beat Clemson is by hitting threes. Uh, Clemson allowing the 36th highest three-point scoring rate in college basketball. So if Hurts on, and let's say Johnson's on for Duke from three, and they he's been inconsistent all year, Duke could win this game by double digits. But Clemson's defense has been pretty sound all year in the half court. So unless Duke's controlling the glass, and and they do have a pretty high a rebounding rate on both ends of the floor, the 37th highest defensive rebounding rate in college basketball, and the 63rd highest offensive rebounding rate. So I'm making the case for Duke. But to Thomas's point, Duke is overvalued in this game. And they shot, I think it was 22 free throws to Georgia, Georgia Tech's like five earlier in the week. So they got a lot of calls in that Georgia Tech game, which is probably makes this line a little bit inflated too. Yeah, this is a stay away game for me. The The thing about Duke is, you know, I, I saw a lot of analysts say they're going to get better as the year goes on. I, I'm going to I'm going to sit back and, and wait and see. There's been some spots I, I've gone against them. Today, I'm going to sit it out for the reasons I said. I just don't trust Clemson. Clemson's always a 45-point game, you know, away with the way they shoot the ball. So, no play for me. Joe, uh, Joe 0670 asked, Joe Ostrowski, of course, from The Score and, and Radio.com and BetQL and the and the Bet. We just launched that network uh, this week. Pretty awesome. Shout out to Mike D and Mitch Rosen for making that happen. He said, TBH, I thought Tom was wearing a pimp chain for a minute. It kind of does look like it. We can, I could, I could throw out my, uh, my I got one. I, I can wear it next week. Uh, with, with, with my, I'll wear it next week with my Patriot League hat of the week. All right. Well, Patriot League lightning round. Thomas is, I've got like 10 texts from Thomas this week talking about the Patriot League lightning round. So we'll get to that. We're, we're already behind a little bit, but we'll get to that in around 15 minutes. Uh, let's keep rolling along and down on the card, man. So Texas Tech. Uh, you had a really funny line to me over text last night about Texas Tech. They're laying three and a half at LSU. The line hasn't moved a ton since it moved from Tech minus one and a half to uh, minus three and a half yesterday. The total for that game is sitting at 150 and a half. And there's juice on Texas Tech, by the way, at minus three and a half. LSU is plus 140 on the money line. 
Yeah, this is a game I'm on today. Uh, I really like Texas Tech, you know, and I think, as I said to you last night when they were three and a half, I said it's really pissing me off. I was hoping to get them like minus two, but uh, the market is kind of on LSU to me is a saggy team. Uh, this, this, this lines up perfectly for Texas Tech today. Now let's look at Texas Tech's last three games. Lost to Texas by two, lost to Baylor by eight, lost to West Virginia by one. Um, or they beat Texas, I'm sorry. And so right. to us, those are the, I think you and I both agree, those are three final four caliber teams. You know, Baylor, best team in the country, in my opinion. You know I love Texas. You love West Virginia. So yeah. to me, now this this game, Texas Tech's getting a break. I mean, their offense is 23rd in, the, uh, in Ken Palm. LSU's defense is 138. And LSU has a big, big advantage uh, on rebounding, too. Uh, LSU, I mean, Texas, LSU is one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the country. Texas Tech, top 30 in offensive rebounding percentage. All this sets up perfectly for me for a Texas Tech blowout win. I, I, I would stop at minus four. That's kind of the stopping point for me. But I honestly think the Red Raiders win this game easy. Let's talk more regression because Texas Tech is due for some positive regression. They're uh, shooting just under 32% in conference play from three. That's ninth in the Big 12, and they're giving up a 42% clip from three in uh, in um, in Big 12 play, and that's dead last in, in the conference. So we saw, and some people were talking with me on Twitter on Monday, listen, West Virginia's comeback was very lucky. They didn't miss a shot for the last nine minutes of that game, but they also had a stretch in the game that they didn't make a shot for four minutes. So it, it all evens out in a sense, and West Virginia shooting the ball really, really well. But you think about this LSU defense, like Tom mentioned, they can't defend threes for shit. And this Texas Tech team, when they're on, if McClung's on, they're coming off back-to-back losses, like you mentioned, against Baylor and against West Virginia. So it's a must-win spot for Texas Tech if they want to get a top-five seed. Um, I think they're still in the top-six range, but probably a, a top, maybe a top-four, top-three seed if they want to make a run the rest of the way. They need to win this game. They can't lose to LSU, one of the most atrocious defenses among uh, power five teams in, in college basketball. But so you're, are you laying the three and a half then? Are you, are you comfortable laying the three yeah, and a half? I, I bet Texas tech minus the three and a half. And again, they've just played three of the best defensive teams in the country. I mean, this is going to feel like a Swedish massage today against LSU. I mean, no interior defense can't defend the three again. I, I don't want to oversell it, but I, in my opinion, Texas tech wins this game rather easily. Uh, I'm Noah Cozy. Uh, commented Mac McClung over 18 and a half points lock you know I'm not going to throw any locks out there I know Thomas has 20 locks to give out later on in the show but McClung over 18 and a half points the way he shot against West Virginia maybe he maybe it dips back a little bit but uh, LSU does not really have a guard capable of of defending him and they could here's the thing here's the other part of this game is Texas Tech has the has the length and the guards to match up with Cam Thomas mm-hmm. one of the best freshmen in the country if we talk about individual matchups so this sets up really well for Tech. I'm not going to lay it because it's over a possession. If LSU is up at half, Chris Beard's second half. We were talking about that before we got going at, at 11 a.m. Eastern before we started this uh, show officially. Chris Beard's second half, so that is one of the best uh, coaches in terms of adjustments in college basketball. So I would look at Tech's second half if LSU, if LSU is up at the break. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope that that's not the case, or I won't be doing well. That's uh, the the Captain Morgan be flowing uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon if they're down at half. I can tell you, the that Captain much. the Captain Morgan be flowing. Wow, yeah. I, I would even say that I'm 26, so I pre- I appreciate it. Though. You got the chain, you got the picture, you got the Captain Morgan be flowing. All I right, you, man, I, let's... I told you I come legit on the first show. There it is. All right, man, let's uh, let's keep going down here on the card. Speaking of Texas Tech, West Virginia, we'll hit this game quick because. Neither of us have a bet on it. Uh, the Mountaineers were up to minus six last night against Florida at home. 
and they're currently laying. Let's see if it's down to, yeah, it's down to four and a half with some juice coming in on Florida. So the Mountaineers are favored by four and a half against the Gators. Total of 145 in this game. And uh, the, the Gators are plus one, uh, 163 on the money line. So around plus 160 for Florida on the money line to win on the road in country roads. Um, any any bet on this game? Or would you would you lay it to a point with West Virginia? Would you take them live? Uh, what's your perspective, man? I thought six was a little high. Four, four and a half seems right to me in this game. So if you grab Florida on the opener, I don't hate it. This is one of those where I think maybe you hit live. I think West Virginia wins this game. I think too much defense in the second half. So this is like your Texas Tech. If uh, if West Virginia's down late in the first half at half, I would take the the Mountaineers on the live line here. Yeah, my I, I'm with you. My my only my only issue. It's kind of similar to what I was mentioning with Texas Tech, and, and except the opposite way. If West Virginia's three-point field goal percentage dips, which it could in this game, again, that stretch against Texas Tech was pretty lucky to not miss a field goal in the final nine minutes. But the other part of West Virginia's that's that's a little bit concerning is their rebounding and their opponent's two-point scoring rate. They're giving up the 66th highest two-point scoring rate in college basketball. So that means where the opposition's points are coming from. And they're coming from inside the arc a lot. And if Castleton's able to play well against Culver, and that's probably the, the key to this game is Castleton against Culver. That's the matchup that's going to decide this game. And if Florida, Florida's efficient enough down low, uh, West Virginia, also a good uh, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in their own right. But the fact that you're going up against a, a very uh, an elite offensive rebounding team in the Gators and West Virginia struggles so much on the defensive glass, even without Shibway, uh, when he left the program, is a little bit concerning. Yeah, I just, to me, Florida, I look, the way West Virginia plays, I look at, do you have enough scores to beat that defense over a period of the entire game? And Florida, to me, doesn't have that. So I think at some point, West Virginia locks them down for that five, six-minute stretch, and that's where the game is won. That's why if they're down early, I would take the live line. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to stay away from that game entirely. Unless, unless like, I grab West Virginia plus 12 and a half against Texas Tech. On Monday, unless we get like a double digit uh, live line with West Virginia, I'm not going to touch this game just because I think they're they're due for some regression um, with their three point shooting. So Wisconsin Penn State really quick. Um, I don't have a plan on this game, so we can kind of give our, our quick thought on it. Uh, Wisconsin lane three and a half at Penn State. Unless unless Wisconsin's transition perimeter defense is that bad, because that's the key for Penn State. They were hitting three point shots in the second half against Ohio State. They came back. They covered as a dog. Unless Penn State cut, controls the pace in this one and gets a ton of great three-point looks from three, uh, that's redundant. But uh, I think I think uh, I think Wisconsin covers this line. I'm not going to bet it because it's over a possession. I don't see a ton of value in it. Uh, but that's that's the only way I see Penn State covering the plus three and a half. Yeah, I was hoping to get Penn State a little higher here, like five or six range maybe. Uh, but Wisconsin, they, they didn't look good again for the second half. I had them against Maryland, and we had to hang on because they can't make a shot. Wisconsin's a hard team for me to grasp right now because I was high on them coming into the season. And yeah. they haven't quite been the team we all thought. Maybe that happens over the next month or so going into the tournament. But right now, there's just too many long stretches of not making buckets with that team. Uh, Poor shot selection. Like you said, defensively, yeah, there's still Wisconsin. So this is a complete pass for me. I don't see enough value in taking Penn State, but I also don't want to lay points with Wisconsin on the road right now. So let's review our bets so far on the show. We only have one apiece, I believe. I have Alabama uh, laying a point. I got them at a pick, but and currently they're sitting at, I believe, minus two. Let's see if that line 
has moved anymore after we got Reeve status updated. He's, he's not playing for the Sooners. So it's up to three. So hopefully you got in on Alabama already because it's now sitting at uh, the tide laying three at Oklahoma in the SEC uh, Big 12 showdown. I don't know. Like that, that seems a little bit inflated without Reeves, but I get the market movement because he means a lot to that offense, especially from behind the arc. Yeah. And I have Texas tech minus three and a half. And I forgot the person who uh, sent in that McClung prop, but I like that. I'm going to be all over that baby too. I'm not going to use the word lock. He said it was a lock. So we'll go with it. (laughs) We'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. All right, man. Let's, let's keep, let's keep rolling on the card here. Uh, My second bet on the board today is Villanova laying Five and a half at Seton Hall. I actually believe that line is down to five at Camby and other books. But yeah, it's, it's uh, Villanova laying five on the road at Seton Hall. And uh, what's what's uh, are, do you have a bet on this game? Do you take the Pirates considering the spot? This is one of the best situational spots in college basketball. And for anybody that's just joining us and saying, what does a situational spot mean? So it's a bounce back spot for Seton Hall. It's also a, a revenge spot for the Pirates. They lost to the, uh, the Wildcats by two. Uh, I think it was last week. Um, to Villanova when Villanova was laying nine and a half at home against Seton Hall. They closed around that number. And Seton Hall's lost three of their last four games, uh, one of those being uh, against Creighton, too, where they were they had a 16-point lead in the second half, and Creighton shot the lights out. So you know Kevin DeWillard's going to be telling his team, like, we have to defend the perimeter. We have to be locked in here. And, and this game means everything to Seton Hall. If they win this game, they're probably in the tournament picture. They might still kind of be, but, th- but they need to win like this to kind of solidify their resume. Yeah, and you mentioned, I, I did bet Seton Hall. I, I texted you last night. It was actually five and a half, and when I put my bet in, it dropped to five. So I got Seton Hall plus five, and you know you know, I love my situational spots, and you know I like my money line. So I got the Pirates plus 200 on the money line as well. I like it. Yeah, you, you mentioned, okay, so the Halls lost, they're eight and four the last 12 games. You mentioned the lost three of four. They've only been blown out in one of those games. So you, three of them, they could have won. So what that tells me is, is Seton Hall can't close. That's the problem. It's not that they're a bad. I think they're actually one of the, the team that has still the most value left in college basketball because they've lost some of these games. But the bottom line is they're just not closing in the final minute. They have to figure out how to do that. But you give me five, five and a half points right now in this situational spot against Villanova. I love it. These are two. Both these teams struggle to defend the three. Uh, you know, I wouldn't hate over 142. I don't play a lot of totals. But I think the Hall gets this done today, and I think it's an outright win over Villanova. Yeah, and you mentioned closing down the stretch. It's a it's a really important note because you go back to last year. Who did they have closing out games? Miles Powell. Who did they have closing out games this year? Miles Kale. Um, I'm I'm not. Sure. I mean, he's not the closer that Powell was. But the I, I'm wondering how Bryce Aiken is in, is 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 going to be on a minutes restriction because we saw that he played around 21 minutes against Villanova or against um, Creighton earlier in the week. And he barely played against Villanova going back to last week. So if Aiken is able to up his minutes a little bit and maybe Willard's able to use him down the stretch, he put up 21 points uh, against Creighton. And that's like if, if for people that are just wondering, like, who is Bryce Aiken? Transferred from Harvard going back to last year and uh, and one of the most explosive mid-major scorers in college basketball. So if you're able to get any sort of Bryce Aiken down the stretch for Seton Hall, that means that'll, that'll mean a lot to the Pirates. But my key to this game is Mamu Kalishvili. Uh, one of the best bigs in the country uh, when he's not turning the ball over, when he's efficient down low. And Ike Obiagu, if Seton Hall is able to control the glass with those two guys, which I think they will be able to, um, against a Villanova team that's solid on the glass. But again, from an effort standpoint, you're going to get a max effort from Seton Hall today. So uh, plus five is fine with me. And if you want to sprinkle on the money line too, I'm okay with that. 
Yeah, and you mentioned Bryce Aiken. To me, you know, I I don't hate this team being a sleeper in the NCAA tournament. You know, Bryce Aiken is important to this team. He's a, he's a phenomenal player. And once he can start playing more, like you said, a lot of close losses. I know we both liked the Hall last year to make a run before the tournament got canceled. They're not as high up this year, but I still like the talent on this team. Could be one of those, you know, lower seed sleepers come March. Yeah. And if if Aiken is healthy, that's the if key. He's healthy. He's, if a, yeah, if he's healthy. Because he's dealt with ink, the ankle injury all year. So if Aiken is healthy, I agree with you. They're dangerous in March. Um, another team that's not playing in March or a team that's not playing in March, but they're dangerous right now is the Auburn Tigers. Uh, they've won three in a row. Sharif Cooper, the five-star freshman point guard, was deemed eligible going back to four games ago before they or uh, the, the game before Alabama. So he played against Alabama in his first game. Uh, but they're playing Baylor today, and Baylor is a sizable favorite. I believe they're laying 14 and a half, and a total of 154, and Auburn is plus 850 on the money line. Are you are you willing to back the Auburn Tigers against arguably the best defensive team in college basketball right now in the Baylor Bears? I'm not. This would be Auburn or nothing for me. Uh, but as we were talking about before we got on the show, Baylor is a tough team to bet against because they could be up eight. And with their defense, the next thing you know, you're down 17, 18 points. They right. def- their guards defend as well as any team I've seen in recent history, to be honest with you. That's why I think I would take them over Gonzaga if they play. But I would, I'm not betting the game. But if you're going to bet it, 15 is a little much the way Auburn's playing. And, you know, yeah. my, my gut tells me they cover this game, but my money is not going to be backing it. See, right. It, it's tough because it's not like the market is overvaluing Auburn that much. Kempa makes this line 17, but it's still, I mean, we're talking about two touchdowns, a two touchdown spread just over that. So my my question for Auburn is, are they going to be, like you mentioned, this is one of the best defensive teams, one of the best defensive backcourts in college basketball with Jared Butler, um, Davion Mitchell and Macy Oteague to an extent, but Butler and Mitchell really lead that charge defensively. At, um, Auburn is still... Um, bottom 12 in in, uh, in SEC. So we're talking about like, I believe dead last in, in the SEC right now in turnover percentage with Sharif Cooper playing. And they're also bottom 50 in college basketball overall this year in turnover percentage. And, and Baylor is one of the best uh, defensive teams, again, at turning you over. So if Auburn's not able to hang out of the ball and they're loose with the ball, um, as good as Sharif Cooper is, he has his fair share of turnover problems. So Baylor could easily cover this line. Uh, which makes me a little iffy on it. Unless we get up to 16, 17, I'm staying away. Yeah, and one player isn't going to be Baylor either. So the rest of those Tigers are going to have to contribute quite a bit today. Uh, and I think Auburn's, you know, Baylor gets in these stretches where they, I don't know, they almost seem like they don't, they're bored sometimes. You know what I mean? Like the, they, they saw against Oklahoma games. State. Yeah, the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, that's a perfect example. We're, and I think when these teams are so good, like, uh, like Gonzaga and, and Baylor, sometimes they just get bored. And that would be your best bet with this game if you bet Auburn is that Baylor has one of those slow starts, you know, right. it's up by one or two at the half. That's that's the way I think you have to play. I mean, if they come out, like you said, and are turning the uh, Auburn's turning the ball over early, it's game, so they'll lose by 30. Yeah, this could, this could easily turn into a, a route uh, if Auburn's turning the ball over like they have all season, again, even with Sharif Cooper. Another team that has its fair share of turnover problems, but it isn't really being noted, is Florida State. Uh, they're laying four, four and a half at Georgia Tech today. I'm on I'm on the Yellow Jackets. This is one of my favorite bets. I wrote it up for BetQL, and you can check it out on BetQL.com and the BetQL app, uh, which we're currently broadcasting on. Um, on Twitter, at BetQL app, and also on the BetQL Facebook page. So 
Florida State is shooting an absurd percentage from three in ACC play. They're shooting around uh, 41-42% in conference play, and they blitzed Miami. So this team is coming off three straight wins. Um, I believe it's four out of their last five, actually, winning by 13 points or more. So a little bit of a letdown spot here for the Seminoles. I, I, I've been coming into this game, and this is also a rematch spot for Georgia Tech. They shot 25% from three in their first matchup, but Passner runs a dribble motion offense. I know you're not a fan, but that works out really well against a Florida State team that has a ton of athleticism. So it's not like it's it's I mean, it's it's very counterproductive um, for, for Florida State in a sense because they want to jump passing lanes, but a dribble motion offense allows you to kind of just operate freely from behind the arc. And if Georgia Tech is going to win this game, they're going to have to shoot their and, and make their three. So I like the Yellow Jackets uh, to cover this line. And I think they have a shot to win this game outright too. Yeah, this, uh, this is a great spot, as you said, for Georgia Tech based on Florida State's regression. The I'm taking this only because it's your pick. Uh, you know, I you, I, I usually, I, I, especially on Saturday, uh, you uh, you usually kill it. Saturday is a good weird day, right? Is <laughs> where those games that should the way they should go don't go. I don't know. A lot of dogs, always, man. A lot of yeah, dogs. It's always been that way on Saturday for college basketball. So this is one of those games I could see going that way. I don't really have a strong take. You know, I don't like Georgia Tech. I don't like Pastor. I don't like anything they do over there. Uh, Florida State's playing phenomenal. But as you said, they're they're due for some regression. This kind of reminds me a little bit that the spread isn't the same, but when you took Mississippi State against your Alabama team. Right. right? It's not as inflated, but there's there's a point where even if you like a team, you can go against them. Right. right. Uh, so I think this is similar to that. The You're not getting as much value. I'm going to trust you on this one. I'm going to I'm going to take the Yellow Jackets. It's not my pick. So uh, if it loses, uh, <laughs> please see uh, at Eli Hershevich uh, on Twitter. How do you pronounce uh, my last name? How do you pronounce my last name? I don't know how to do it, man. I can't spell it. I was going to ask you if you could change it, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I can't say it. I can't spell it. I mean, most people have trouble with my name. I mean, yours is a real killer. Little lengthy, little lengthy, yeah. Uh, it's it's a good point, though. We'll stay away from the last name talk. And we're probably going to go past 1130 at this point, which is fine. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, but you brought up uh, like liking Florida State long term. I think Florida State has a shot if they if they get matched up against Baylor or Gonzaga to win that game. And I everybody remembers the Florida State upset going back four years ago against Gonzaga when I think that was the year they made it to the Elite Eight and lost to Michigan. Um, and then the year after that, they lost to Gonzaga in the in the same spot in the Sweet 16. So, uh, but with their athleticism, like that's that's the sort of game where you try to match Gonzaga's athleticism, and you try to. I mean, we saw it with West Virginia, right? In that in that uh, non conference game, go back to November, West Virginia had the length to match up against Gonzaga, even with uh, without Jalen Suggs and, and with Jalen Suggs to an extent too, uh, before he went down and, and when he came back. So. I like this Florida State team long-term. I just don't think it's a good spot for them. I think you get a little bit of a letdown. And again, uh, Georgia Tech can turn this team over. So with, with that defensive backcourt, uh, with DeVoe, uh, he could turn you over a lot. That's one of the better defensive wings in college basketball when he plays like a three or a two. Uh, so I like Georgia Tech uh, in this one to, uh, to cover the line and potentially win this game outright. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, in your article, the, the best argument you made, I think, is the turnovers. If they can turn Florida State over, make that a sloppy game early and get them out of the rhythm that they've been in recently, then I think they have a shot to win that game. And watch out for Jose Alvarado. That is one of the better, uh, one of the best guards in college basketball that isn't being talked about. So he could have a, a, a that kind of a game where he just carries Georgia Tech. And uh, one more note, too, on this game. Georgia Tech's coming off back-to-back losses to Duke in a game that we talked about earlier. Really shouldn't have been uh, a five- or six-point game. Duke was lucky to cover that one late. And Virginia needed a run down the stretch to cover against Georgia Tech and win that game outright. So uh, I, lo- I love the Yellow Jackets today. Um, Tennessee against Kansas. This line, I believe, is still sitting at Val- the balls laying two or two and a half as we pull this one up. Might be up to three. It is up to three. So Tennessee with some juice laying three, total of 130 with the Jayhawks plus 132 on the money line. Yeah, I'm not touching this game, but again, it's for me, it's Tennessee or nothing. And, and here's why. To beat Tennessee, you have to be able to shoot the ball. Look who's beating them. Alabama, right? Phenomenal shooters. Missouri, who shoots as well as anybody from two-point range, right? The, when Missouri's hitting their those short-range, mid-range shots, they're tough to beat. So to me, that's how you have to beat the Tennessee defense. Kansas right now offensively is dreadful. I don't think they have enough options. This is going to be an ugly game for most of the way, right? But I could see right. Tennessee covering this game, winning by six, seven, eight points down the stretch. So I'm not going to touch it. But And Kansas, listen, Bill Self's great as a road underdog. Uh, Reed Wallach wrote an article on that this week. Uh, I think he's 25 and 15 against the spread. But I just don't think they have the team this year. Again, it's the, it's the name on the jersey, right? They're just not – Duke's not that good. Kentucky's not that good. Kansas isn't that good. So I'd uh, I'd go Tennessee with a short number. I couldn't – I cannot see taking Kansas in this game. Here's my issue with taking Tennessee is Kansas's key to winning this game is hitting their threes. And you mentioned I, – I get it, the name on the jersey and – and all that, which is true. You, Kansas is probably getting a little more credit in the market because it's Bill Self and because it's Kansas. But Tennessee's three-point defense, they're giving up just just within a, a bottom 133-point scoring rate in college basketball. And we know it with Agbaji. We know it with, with, with Brown. If Kansas is hitting their threes, they, they can win this game outright, and they can at least keep it within a possession at, uh, at plus three. So I lean towards Kansas. I have not been impressed with Tennessee, not only no. defensively, but no. offensively. They're right. so inconsistent. And he... Like everyone was talking about this team coming into the year, saying they are they are the sleeper team that could win the SEC. And, and they, I believe- they they can after they blew out Missouri the first time, everybody was saying this is the one team that can challenge Gonzaga. Remember, I, uh, but just because they, they blew out a, a Missouri team that is also incompetent in their own right offensively. Yeah. The, uh, they're very similar, right? I actually like Missouri because I, I like that they're experienced and I think they can do some damage. I don't like Tennessee. I mean, I will say it. I lean, I, I would not put money on this game. Uh, to me, with all, there was 120 games today. Uh, find a better one than this ugly, disgusting game that you're going to have to, you know, suffer through most of the way. I just, I don't see any value either way here. Someone asked in the, uh, in the chat if, uh, Oche Baji is the best three-point shooter in college basketball. He's shooting just under 40% this year. Uh, the way Bill Bill Self runs his sets, like you're going to get great looks for Brown and for Baji off the double on the dribble drive. Unfortunately, they lose Devon Dotson, who I thought should have stayed another year because yeah. if they had him, even without uh, Azabuki, who they're missing a lot too because McCormick's been so inconsistent down low. Like you're talking about probably the, maybe the best team in college basketball right that, now. That's but a I, huge I, loss, a huge loss. Yeah. I think you could make the case that Kansas, if they if they kept Dotson and um, 
uh, Doka Zabuki, even with how good Baylor is right now defensively, that Kansas would be the best team in the country. Oh, no doubt about it. Those those are massive losses. And again, this is a tough, this isn't a regular season, right? So these teams that had those big losses, it's a little bit different. Uh, you're getting these stoppages all over the place. Right. Again, you know, we talked about Auburn. Auburn had a lot of change. Now they're starting to get together a little bit. So we don't like them today, but moving forward in the SEC, Auburn's a good play because they've gotten through the rough patch. I think Kansas is similar to that. They just haven't had the time to put everything together, and that's why you're seeing that offense struggle a lot most games. Yeah, and also Rick Barnes in the tournament. I I love that team going back, what was it, two years ago when they had Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. They should have won that game against Purdue. I think it was, who was it, one of their guards uh, that fouled Carson Edwards on the three, and then they went to overtime. Purdue blew them out. All right, man, let's keep it moving here. Virginia is currently, I believe that line is still sitting at five. Yeah, it is. Virginia laying five against Virginia Tech on the road. One of the best rivalries in college basketball. Unfortunately, there are there is no crowd today, which would mean a lot to Vatek. I'd be on the Hokies regardless of this line. It was all the way down to three, three and a half if we had a, some home court for Vatek. A uh, total of 124, and Virginia Tech is plus 185 on the money line. Yeah, I don't got much for this game. I, I never bet Virginia Tech. I don't. It's probably because they don't know how to play the two-three zone against Syracuse. Uh, if your if your team can't beat Bayheim's two-three zone in 2021, I got nothing to do with you. Uh, it's, so uh, I mean, you're struggling figuring out Syracuse's defense. Good luck figuring out Virginia's defense. I would lean Virginia, but I'm not going to put a cent on this game. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And as good as Vatek is shooting the three ball. And let's be honest, that's how you beat a pack line defense with Tony Bennett. But this pack line defense is, is, isn't is even close to what it was in the Gonzaga game. Like, you remember that. We were both on the fucking who's against uh, against the Bulldogs. And Corey Kispert made, that what, 50 threes in that game? That was all we're, like, way behind minutes, the arc. Three minutes in, I just went, all right, who are we betting next? What's next? I think I took an 0 for 2 day, got a lot of shit on Twitter, and I moved on from that game. But... To that, like as good as as good as Virginia Tech is from behind the arc when they're on. You mentioned the Syracuse game; they couldn't hit shit from three, and then they come back against Notre Dame and they're shooting the lights out in that game. And they played really efficient offensively. And I know that I, I said that's how you beat a pack line defense, but I also don't trust Virginia Tech's defense against an offense that is slowly but surely becoming, to me, the best offense and the best team in the ACC. The way Sam Hauser is playing, uh, where you're getting out of Kia Clark. Um, I, I like Virginia's outlook long term. I'm not going to bet them to win the title, but I think they have a shot to make an elite eight kind of run this year. Yeah, we disagree on that. I don't. I, I don't like Virginia's out, outlook long term. I, I don't. I just don't. I don't think that this is a tournament type team. You know, Tony Bennett. He had the he had the team a couple years ago. Right? It was a phenomenal team. They were great all season. This this team, I think, still going to have trouble scoring in the tournament. I, I just. You're not getting much value to me. They're the, perfect example. They're the same as Alabama right now. I, I, to me, that's apples and oranges. You give me Alabama all day at 20-25 to 1 over Virginia. I just don't see as much value there. Yeah, I mean, to me, like Bama defensively, just because of their ball pressure and their ability to force turnovers, like I, in comparison to a pack line defense, like I'd much rather have a Bama future. And if you're if you if you miss the Bama number, if you missed 80 or 90 or 1, Thomas was talking about that. I was talking about that before the season. Our guy Tyler Morales was. Tyler and I, the executive producer of You Better You Bet, Tyler Morales. Shout out to Tyler. We both bet Bama uh, 90 to 1 to win the title on August 3rd, the day John Petty Jr. decided to come back. So if that doesn't show you what kind of college basketball fans we are, and 
Thomas too. I, I don't know what will. The fact we were taking a college basketball future in a potential COVID year that we didn't know we were going to have college basketball this year to take a futures bet all the way back in early August. One of the great bets of all time. And you got Boise State. I mean, you're you're killing it. I'm over here. I got a St. Louis ticket. I mean, they can't play a game. I mean, <laughs> Might not make the tournament. St. Yeah. Louis. So they're playing four games all year. I know. That's a good point. And uh, on Tuesdays, by the way, for people that are just joining us, on Tuesdays we'll have a, a full-length college basketball podcast. It probably won't even be 30 minutes, the way Thomas and I are going right now and how long we're taking on some of these games and getting sidetracked. But uh, let's keep it moving here, Thomas. So I lean towards Virginia. You do too. Uh, if Vatek was at home, and I know it, it, it might not seem like the, the best path in terms of logic because Virginia Tech, I talk about matchups with Virginia and, and the key to Virginia winning this game, but – Home court, man, in college basketball means a ton. And we're not getting any of it for the most part this year besides like pockets of it in SEC play and Big 12 play. So I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, me too. All right. A uh, couple more games I want to hit. Actually, just one more on the list before we get to the Patriot League lightning round is Gonzaga against Pepperdine. So to keep a running list here, I have already faded Florida State and Villanova, two of the best teams in the country. Thomas, I am fading Gonzaga today, your thoughts? This one's all you, my man. Uh, <laughs> you are much higher on Pepperdine than I am. Uh, I bet him against uh, BYU uh, last Saturday. That you gave, I believe you gave that out, right? Uh, it certainly yes. wasn't my pick. I know that. So it must have been they, you. They pushed, they pushed the, the closing uh, number of 11. I know, but... Uh, and they beat uh, BYU earlier in the week. Uh, okay. Um the <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, uh, a great listen, drop. that's a great drop right there. Listen, this is the thing. Like, he, the... You're talking to the guy who keeps betting against Drake, so I'm probably not the best to you know to get to give this advice. But the I, I just to me fading Gonzaga isn't isn't the best strategy. The way they go on runs in the second half, but it's a huge number. So you know you you had BYU that one night against Gonzaga that I followed you on, and, and you know they came Covered. within the number. Yeah, so hey, when it's this big, he'd be down by thirty and still cover the number, right? So. I, this one's you, though. I, 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 Tom, Tom's not betting against uh, the Zags. All right. I, I respect it. Re by the way, really quick shout out to someone in the chat named Bill M Mills Hoops. He's like answering everybody's questions. Like someone asked, will this be a podcast after they're done? He goes, yes. Like, gotta love people like that. that are just uh, our own personal assistants during the show. And of course, we appreciate you watching Bill Mills Hoops and taking some time out to to be a fan of of, of the show and that QLU uh, first ever. Um, college basketball, Beck QL, our podcast from Beck QL, breaking down everything you need to know up until tip. And uh, also shout out to Beck QL, Thomas. If you want to say a couple words here before I give my breakdown for Gonzaga Pepperdine on what Beck QL brings to the table from a sports betting perspective. Yeah, we have it all. It's a, it's that we have model picks, we have information, we have articles. The go to go to the BetQL website, download the BetQL app, follow us on Twitter um, at BetQL app. Uh, anything you need to know, whether it's quotes from odds makers, whether it's betting percentages, or if you just want, you know, model picks, go to BetQL. Uh, we have it all. No doubt. And you can use the code daily to get a 20% uh, off your subscription. Use the uh, promo code daily. That's from uh, BetQL Daily, which is one of our shows on the bet during the week. You could check that out um, on the bet, part of the BetQL Audio Network, which is what uh, BetQL is a part of the BetQL Audio Network along with You Better You Bet. Shout out to Nick Costo. Shout out to Ken Barkley, Joe Ostrowski, and the other unnamed host that I won't give a shout out to on the show. Shout out to Thomas Casali instead, even though he's across from me on the screen. Uh, but let's move along here. So Gonzaga Pepperdine, there is no individual matchup to me that like 
that says, go take Pepperdine or from a, from a team perspective, go take Pepperdine. I just think this line's a little bit inflated because of the way Gonzaga is being priced in the market. They're like plus 400 to win the title. And I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that's that insane, but from a market perspective on a game by game level, you're going to get a line like this where I know Pepperdine was, I think they closed plus 27 and a half in that first game against Gonzaga. Uh, they lost by 25, but it was a competitive game for the first like 60 for 60% of the game. And if you don't know a couple key players on this Pepperdine team, uh, B- BYU earlier in the week, like I mentioned, they're playing really good basketball since the COVID layoff when they came back in late December. Kobe Ross and Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards will be an NBA player. Uh, mark that down. And Kobe Ross, too, uh, a really underrated point guard in the, um, across college basketball, not just among mid-majors. So I, I like Pepperdine getting, uh, getting, what is it? So how many possessions is that? We're talking over seven possessions against Gonzaga. Sign me up. And I'm probably going to hate myself come, come 9 o'clock Central. Yeah, well, I'm laughing because I like how you thought this podcast was going to be 30 minutes. I see the ticker up here going on and on. Our phone calls are an hour and a half, and Eli <laughs> thought we were going to do a 25-minute podcast. Yeah. But your your point about the Zags, I will say, listen, I'm not – the Zags play everybody. I'm not taking that. But if you look at who they played, though, Auburn isn't as good as they usually are. Kansas isn't as good as they usually are. You know the game against Iowa. That was my biggest play of the year. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't tailor make a team better than Iowa to play Gonzaga. That they're, they're tailor made for the Zags. They beat them again in the tournament if they play. Uh, the Baylor game got canceled, so I do agree that they're a little overvalued in the market. They're great. They're a great a little, team. They're really a good. Bit, just a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. if you're looking at like futures, to me, Baylor's the best team in the country. That's what I, I agree. think. Um, but very good team, but this isn't the, like, when you look, this isn't the regular Kansas team. They played Auburn early in the, you know what I mean? So very good team, but I do agree a touch overvalued in the market. And I, I want to keep going down that path in terms of title teams and why I like Bama a lot, but we'll touch on that on Tuesday's podcast, just a high variance team. And that's, that's how you're going to beat a Gonzaga. That's how you're going to beat a Baylor, but we'll keep touching on that. Um, as we get to Tuesday's, uh, podcast where we break down. Uh, the Tuesday card and the Wednesday card on top of some futures bets that we like for college basketball. Um, really quick, um, not really a shout out, just fuck Fran McCaffrey after what he said yesterday after the, after the Illinois game. That was one of maybe the best game of the year uh, in college basketball. Illinois-Iowa last night, just a quick recap of it. Illinois covers the minus two and a half. They win that game by around two possessions. Um, yeah, I think that, I think what, it was a five-point game. And if, um, if Bohan had hit that three, it would have been two, minus two. Uh, were it closed. So it would have been a push for some people or people got it at Iowa plus two and a half. Like what he said after the game, just like not answering anybody's questions. Coach K is now in, my, is now in the rear view mirror, uh, mirror because uh, Fran McCaffrey has, has stepped up to the plate after what he said yesterday. But that's just a quick nugget. Uh, before we get to your Patriot League lightning round. Yes, it's the Patriot League lightning round. Unfortunately, it's going to be really fast because uh, uh, my favorite game is they got canceled. I actually bet Lafayette last night. Quite big, actually, um, against uh, American. And then 30 minutes later, that game got postponed. So my top Patriot League game is off the board. Real quick, we'll go through three of these games that I'm going to touch on Saturday, Sunday on the back-to-backs. Bucknell plus one at Lehigh, total 144 today. I'm much higher on Bucknell than Lehigh. Only issue is Bucknell two weeks off uh, with COVID issues. So I'm staying off the game today. But I'll probably definitely be on Bucknell for Sunday. Lehigh, one of the worst defensive teams in the country, very young. Bucknell was a team I uh, faded last year. I have higher hopes for them this year. So no play Saturday, probably be on Bucknell Sunday. Colgate minus 15 at Holy Cross. 
absolute mismatch on paper. These teams played a couple weeks ago. Ago, I mean, Colgate scored 95 and 96 points in the two games. Beat Holy Cross by 40 in the first game, but only by nine in the second game. So this would be a situation if Holy Cross somehow beats Colgate, or if it's even close, I will hit Colgate on Sunday in the rematch, but I'm going to stay away from uh, the minus 15, 155 here. Uh, the one game I did play, the Navy at Loyola, I've been talking yes. about Loyola a lot on Twitter. That's a team I liked coming into the season. I got five here. Uh, Loy that number's down, though. I probably wouldn't play it at three and a half. Loyola is 0-4, but their losses are by a total of seven points. Now, that's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with the, with the Greyhounds, slow starts. They've started each game slowly, uh, but if they can get a little quicker start here, I like Loyola plus five points. And this is a game, again, I might look to hit tomorrow. If Loyola wins this game outright, we'll see what the spread is. Because to me, I have Navy rated a little bit higher than Colgate, actually. I think Navy's the best team in the Patriot League. So I might hit Navy tomorrow if Loyola pulls the outright upset today. But that's the Patriot League lightning round. Hopefully next week we'll have more games. My Lafayette. Uh, man, I, <laughs> I have 10 minutes of Lafayette talk. That, uh, that's I know, I know, man. <laughs> I will say with this Loyola team, and if you if you haven't followed much Patriot League, I thought Loyola uh, Maryland was going to be the second best team in the Patriot League, to your point. So I think they're undervalued coming into this game. I'm cool with three and a half. It's not a bet for me. It's more of a lean. Like we've seen Loyola Maryland get off to some slow starts um, within the first half, latter part of the first half so far. Maybe they come up uh, guns a blazing here today and, and cover this line pretty easily. But you look at matchups, Navy, even though you like this team long term and in the Patriot League too. Um, bottom 150 in college basketball and opponents two-point scoring rate. And Santi Aldama, man, you want to talk about a guy nobody's talking about right now in college basketball. When he came back, when he was eligible, came from overseas last year, this Loyola Maryland team became a beast. Yeah. And uh, they, they look like a threat in the Patriot League tournament. So uh, I, I like this team a lot, and I know they've started out 0-4, but like Thomas mentioned, definitely due for some positive variance because of uh, four losses by a combined seven points. Uh, yeah, and I will say this: they are going to the, the Patriot League uh, is, is very slim down this year, right? They started late; they don't have a ton of games. Next year, if you can get it, Loyola will win this conference. Next year, the Loyola Maryland Greyhounds are in the NCAA tournament. Mark that down on the calendar now. Well, I'll wait till the offseason <laughs> to do that. I'll I'll take some time on that one. All right, man. So let's recap the bets. Um, because some lines have moved, so we we want to want to be clear that uh, I I wouldn't take the Bama number personally, right? That's my first bet on the board today. It's, by the way, it's all the way up to three and a half. So I didn't think it would I didn't think it would go that high. I am not saying take Oklahoma. Maybe if you could, here's the thing with college basketball. So in terms of the live betting market, a lot of people don't understand that it's computerized, right? So if Alabama's down, let's say ten three on to start the game, you can get Alabama around a pick. That's why you should wait. It, take Don't take minus three and a half. I don't even like that line. I went to bet it myself. I got them at a pick around two hours ago. So that's I know it's point uh, about live. And the other thing too is don't have YouTube TV. I, I paid like $500 so a year for TV. So, so I, got, I got cable. I got satellite. I got YouTube. I got just in case one of them goes out. Uh, that's I'm a crazy man, but <laughs> I don't know how people live bet if they don't have cable because that's ahead of everything else. And by the right. time you get in on YouTube TV, the, the line changes two, three points. That's so true. That's why I have like Gamecast up and I have the BetQL app up um, where you can track your bets, by the way. Download the BetQL app today um, in the Apple App Store or Google Play. 
Um, so yeah, I like Alabama. I liked them earlier, but just wait, just wait on Bama live. And if you can't get the number live, then just stay away. That's the thing. People don't understand that betters don't understand, understand casual betters, especially that if you can't get a great number, just stay away from the game and just, and take them next time or get them the next time the market is down on Alabama before injury news comes out, uh, for Oklahoma that Reeves was, uh, not going to play today against the tide. So that's my first bet. I like Seton Hall as well. Um, getting five. I'm cool with that number against Villanova. Georgia Tech plus four, plus four and a half is a play for me. And then plug your nose, uh, the plug your nose special, even though I already have a couple of those today. Um, Pepperdine against Gonzaga at plus 21. I got him at plus 22, but I would take it down to plus 21 uh, against Gonzaga. And, and please, uh, please tw- text me later, Thomas, when Gonzaga is up by 40 <laughs> and just shove it in my face. Uh, sure, no problem. Uh, you, 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 <laughs> um, and, and my bets are Texas Tech minus three and a half. I got Seton Hall plus five. And again, Loyola at a good number. Uh, I got him plus five, which is kind of my cutoff. I wouldn't go any lower than I wouldn't go any lower than four on that. Okay, so it's down to three and a half. So, so you're similar similar logic to Alabama in a sense, yeah. although the lines are a little bit different. Yeah, and, uh, and and you know, and for tomorrow, give me Bucknell for sure, probably, and uh, see what happens in these other games. You can follow me on Twitter for all the Patriot League uh, information and updates. Wow, what a uh, it's fascinating. I will say this though: I mean, uh, if you, if if you think I'm useless now, wait till I start drinking in a couple hours, then then things really pick up. <laughs> I, I was promised when I was still living out in Philadelphia, I was promised like a bar meetup with Thomas. Um, we we're going to drink, like watch college basketball. And then the guy just, well, I guess I moved. So that that's on me, but maybe uh, someday. I, I think the issue is uh, the pandemic, not me. I, yeah, I mean, a little uh, bit, a little bit of the pandemic. Uh, I mean, I'd have been there snorting Jägermeister up my nose if I could, <laughs> but. No doubt, no doubt. All right, man. So uh, and really quick, before we, before we uh, sign off here, uh, tomorrow you mentioned you like uh, you said Colgate, right? Seeing what happens. Uh, it, you know, I'll probably be on Bucknell for sure. But if Colgate loses or plays close, I'd go Colgate. And then if Navy loses today, I'd go Navy. Okay. Okay. So g- good uh, Good takes for tomorrow. By the way, someone said just take the money line for Alabama. No. Why would you Why would you lay that? Like, even if you think they're going to win the game, again, just wait, till, wait to bet it live. I, I, I do not advocate that at all. Alabama is currently minus 167. I can be on the money line. Don't fucking take the money on. Absolutely not. No, okay. I'm okay. fired up. Well, the, the good news is next week we'll be starting the show at eight thirty uh, to get <laughs> to get all. I think I know what the feedback is. Uh, guys, too long. <laughs> That's what I like. Like I no, said, it's, it's a Twitter calls, show. It's a Facebook show. Who gets our our phone calls are two hours. This is as short as it gets. That's true. All right. And really quick, I know you're going to kill me, but really quick. Well, you want this for Facebook. So I'm just trying to appease you here. Uh, Michigan State and Ohio State tomorrow. Kempon makes this line. I think it's Ohio State uh, laying eight. It doesn't always uh, mean the market's going to open like that as well. But Kempon makes this line. Buckeyes minus eight against Michigan State. Michigan State coming off the uh, route and a blowout loss to Rutgers. Uh, pimping my Rutgers swag right now. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, Scarlet Knights. Uh, I had a minus two and a half. I, I still really like that team long-term, but we'll talk about that on Tuesday's podcast. Um, are you, would you take Michigan State at all tomorrow? I know it's a bounce back spot, but I don't trust this team was still a, what, a, we're only a game off of the COVID layoff for them. Yeah, I'm going to, this is kind of a wait and see game for me because uh, Ohio State plays Iowa on the next Thursday. And uh, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking to hit Ohio State uh, as a slight dog in that game. So I'm just going to kind of wait and see what happens in this game. Uh, I just, 
like you so said, the we, COVID layoff. To, to, I just can't back Michigan State right now. I didn't like the team it. to begin with anyway. It's a really good point, and I want to touch on that because you brought up the Iowa matchup next weekend, uh, next Sunday, so a week from uh, tomorrow uh, after the Michigan State game. It, any sort of a look-at spot for Ohio State? Because that's what my mind immediate, immediately went to when you mentioned that. And I, the thing is, I don't know what Michigan State's legs are going to look like in the second half like we saw against Rutgers. They were dead in the second half. Um, I think the 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 what, what the the halftime score was around Rutgers um, with a five point point differential. So, and, and pe- people were taking Michigan State in the second half, and I, I I didn't understand why coming off the COVID layoff and the way their their legs could potentially look, and they were gassed in the second half. So, besides that, besides the Michigan State COVID factor, which is obviously important, any sort of look at spot uh, for the Buckeyes tomorrow with I mean, with Iowa next week, maybe, but it's still Michigan State. I think it's hard to look ahead on Michigan State because they've been the team in the Big Ten for the last decade or so. So I don't think it's going to be a huge one. Uh, To be honest, I don't have a good feel for Ohio State as a favorite. Uh, I I prefer them more as a dog. So I'm just going to stay away from that game. You know, Sundays for me is Patriot League. It's, uh, you know, I, I got I got hundreds of dollars rolling in Patriot League action. So I can't, really I, can't I can't be bothered by these big games. You know, I, I'm worrying about Bucknell making three pointers. It's damn, damn, uh, damn true, man. Um, One last thing I want to say is please bet responsibly. Like, yes, I, Thomas and I have a little more of a bankroll. We're putting a good amount of money on some of these games, but bet within your means, because if you're putting down, let's say $500 and you're taking that out of your bank account, let's say four figures, five figures, even please don't, uh, please just try to bet within your means and don't go over the top here with some of these games. Right. And it, cause it's just one game. I mean, listen, and it all depends on what it means. Let's someone just bet 2.3 million on the Super Bowl. All right. I'm not going to bet 2.3 million on the Super Bowl, but I don't, even heart- have, I don't think I have $2.3 <laughs> million dollars to my name. So yeah. but, but my heart's going to be beaten just as much as that guy's, right? Because what I put down is important to me. So if you put down $50 in the Super Bowl, that's it. Yep. I mean, it's all the same. It doesn't, the amount of money doesn't matter. It's what you can handle, what you can bet. And it's the, it's the feeling you get, you know, when you win, <laughs> there, there's no better feeling. Like when Texas Tech is up 30, I'm just going to sit back, relax. I mean, what a great day. Will you be chugging Captain Morgan from the bottle? No, I don't chug from the bottle. I'm not a maniac. I'm, I'm also old. Well, uh, I told you, in the old, in the old, day, in the old days, I used to snort Jägermeister up my nose. Now uh, now two Captain Morgans, and I got to stay off Twitter. All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, I, I'm expecting a video on Twitter um, when Texas Tech is up by 30 points against LSU. So uh, thank you for everyone that uh, checked out the first ever episode, first ever edition of BetQLU, a part of the BetQL Audio Network. You can follow myself on Twitter, at Eli Herskovich. Follow Thomas on Twitter. At the Tom Casali, right? Not the yep. Thomas Casali. Got that right? Casale, yep. And how do I'll give you one more chance? How do you pronounce my last name? Herskovich. There you go. It's, it's not that hard. It's simple. It's I have to simple. think about it though. Like if I'm just talking, it's going to come out wrong. That's true. Yeah, you 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 smoothed it out. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, you could also follow BeckQL on Twitter at the or at that QL app. So we appreciate uh, Mike D and Mitch Rosen for helping us put this together. Also, big shout out to our uh, video engineer out in New York, I believe, uh, Curly Burton, for uh, for helping all, literally put everything together for us, um, a part of the BetQL Audio Network. So for myself, Eli Herskovich, for uh, the Tom Casali on Twitter, thanks for checking out that QLU.